This is Giants Amongst Us. Welcome back, everybody. What's up? It's Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. I'm not too sure exactly what day it's going to be when it finally reaches your ears. But at the time of the recording, it is Sunday, so we're going to go with that. And I wanted to share a couple of stories in between the stories. And it's having to do with the time and a place when I still had baby teeth in my mouth and lived about 15 or so miles east of Los Angeles. So let's go ahead and jog down memory lane and reminisce about a place that I spent a few years of my childhood. El Monte. So this is back in the 80s, the early 80s. And mind you, during that time, in the U.S., crack was a monster. It was flooding the streets Dope was everywhere, especially the major cities and areas and suburbs just outside of those major cities. It was nasty. And the area that we grew up in, in the area where we lived at, it was no different. I was still young, like I said, a crumb crusher, still with baby teeth in my mouth. But I had ears, I had eyes, and I would notice these things. I was still absorbing it. Like, for instance, I remember we had a couple of doors down from us, this crackhead, a lady with two two kids, a son and a daughter. And I remember there would always be commotion and activities going on. It was real active at that that house or that, that apartment. And then we also had behind us in the alley, heroin users, people smoking their poison out the pipes. So the drug use was there. But the kids were going to be kids. We were still playing outside. We had family around, so there were cousins. I had aunts and uncles that were nearby. So they always had an eye on us. And there was a lot of kids in the area, so we were all outside playing and doing what kids do back then. Spinning tops, riding bikes, chasing each other with water balloons, playing tag, kickball, baseball. We had these slinkies that we bought from the uh, swap meet. So we would go up to the top of the stairs because it was a two-story apartment complex and then just let the slinky crawl down the stairs. And that was fun to watch. (laughs) Or we had the tops. We would spin the tops, those tops you can buy off of the ice cream truck, shooting marbles, um, those, uh, those paper airplanes also that they used to sell off the ice cream truck. And then we had those poppers. I don't know if any of you guys remember those poppers. They came in a little box and there was like maybe 10 or 12 little white bags with some kind of some kind of dust or powder in it. But when you throw it on the ground, (laughs) so we'd have fun with those jump rope. I mean, we were being kids. But I also during that time remember two close calls. One of them happened when I was inside the house. I remember it was me and a friend of mine. We were inside the house watching TV and my grandmother was in the kitchen. She was either cooking or cleaning. And this boy comes to the door. He came over with a bike and he knocked on the door and then he's asking for my brother. Me and my brother were pretty close in age and he's asking for my brother. My brother wasn't home, so I'm telling him he's not home. Then he's asking me to come outside. I don't know how many times he asked, but I remember he kept asking and then finally I I was like, all right. So then I get up 
my friend gets up and then we walk outside. I'm either four, I don't even think I was five at the time. And that kid was about the same age as me. So picture two kids, no older than five years old, three kids, including my friend, outside. So I step outside, he says something, I don't even remember what he says, but I do remember. He had his hand behind his back, and then he pulled his hand from behind his back. And this little boy, I'm not exaggerating, maybe it's because I was so young at the time, but he pulled out a knife, like a Rambo-style knife, and he lunged at me. He was trying to stick me with that knife. And then just out of natural instinct, I jumped back. <laughs> my memory is kind of cloudy, but I'm almost for sure that my friend, he somehow grabbed it from him and threw it in the bushes. And then he said something like, now it's a fair fight. So my grandmother, like I said, she was in the kitchen. She was either cooking or cleaning. She came out because she heard all the noise. She heard the racket. When she did, she had a broomstick. And she came out and she chased that little boy with a broomstick. He jumped on his bike and he took off. Imagine that. This kid, who probably was barely potty trained, was going to another boy's house to stick him with a knife. And then come to find out later, this boy was in the same class as my brother. And I guess at school they got into a fight. And my brother got the best of him. And he wanted to come back for some get back. At that age, later on when my dad came home, he found out what happened. So we got in the car and drove to where he lived. And then I remember my dad parked the car and then he got outside and it seemed as if these people were moving already. But that boy was set up for failure because his parents were no different. Or he was the spitting image of his parents because they looked like they were some gangbangers and they really didn't give up what their kid did. I don't know, my dad must have talked to them. He must have told them. He, I'm sure they got in some kind of verbal confrontation, nothing physical, but I do remember he got back in the car and he was pretty mad. But for all I know, they probably encouraged it. You know, they didn't. it didn't look like it was too promising for him later on down the road in life with two parents like that who obviously didn't care what their son did, how serious it could have been. Not even how serious it could have been, but how serious that is. That was one of those almost moments. But some say almost doesn't count. Then there was another time and my uncle was babysitting me and we were over at where he lived at, which was like a couple of blocks down, down the street. It was another apartment complex and I was on the stairs. It was a two story apartment building and he was watching me. So I had to play outside of his apartment, which was the second level. So I'm at the top and I'm looking down and the kids are down and they're playing from the stairs and they're swinging and they're having a good old time and I'm wishing I could be down there playing with them, but I gotta stay in front of the apartment door. You know, I can't go too far. And these stairs that go up to the second story, it's a flight of stairs, it's a two level, and then there's a rail guard, but there's no bars in between. So me, I was always a small scrawny kid if you can picture Mowgli from the Jungle Book, that was me. So I'm watching these kids playing and swing from the, from the stairs. And what do I do? Being a kid, like I said, I was either four or five years old. I couldn't have been older than five. So I start, maybe, as a matter of fact, maybe there was bars. I think there was. There, there was bars. There was a rail guard. 
but like I said, I was scrawny and what I was doing was trying to imitate and play the way they were downstairs, but doing it from upstairs. And so I'm on the handrail guard and I'm playing and I'm swinging and one thing leads to another. I slip and I go through the guard from the second level of the apartment complex, midair, free falling and start free falling. And it was like in slow motion. I'm falling and I remember this guy, he was down and he's moving towards me with his arms out. He's like, he's trying to catch me. He's trying to catch a ball that's falling from the sky. Close, but again, almost doesn't count. Bam, I hit the floor head first, boom. I can't remember what happened when I hit the floor, but I do remember that man trying to catch me and then also me, me being carried back upstairs and my head is hot. And I don't know if it was my uncle or somebody there carrying me upstairs. I remember that part. And then I also remember being in the car and driving and it was bright. So it was daylight and the sun was just beaming inside. I was in the front seat. I remember my head being hot and we get to the doctors. They stitched me back up. I chipped my skull, cracked my head open. I forget how many stitches I have, but I still have that scar to this day. You can't see it anymore now because my hair is grown out, but it kind of looks like an upside down Nike swoosh. But for whatever reason, I survived that fall. Landed on my head, cracked it open, chipped my skull, and survived. But then that also explains probably why I'm not playing with a full deck of cards. <laughs> That and the poison I was indulging with later on in my life for some years, but that's another story. So that was another close call. My uncle babysitting me, watching me, and under his watch. Not saying that it was his fault, but that's how quick something can happen. That's how things can go from beautiful to ugly. And I'm sure there's people listening that have their their stories, their moments where things could have went one way, but they went another. And it's like, what are we here for? There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a purpose because there's other people who they didn't walk away from that car accident. They didn't beat the cancer. Others weren't so lucky. But it's like we're all on our own journey. We're all riding our individual path. And it's up to us when we're open to it to do that work in get to know what it's all about. So let's try to remember to appreciate the time that we have and the loved ones that we have around us because we never know when it'll be taken from us or when we'll be separated from it. I wish you all a great rest of the day. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the journey. We still do have more stories to come. And to all the countries that this show has reached, it seems like every time I check, there's a new country. There was a lot of views coming from the United Kingdom, Australia, the U.S., of course. Like I said, Germany, Belgium, France, Netherlands. I mean, all over. We have Mexico. We have Argentina. We have Canada. So thank you. I appreciate it. And if you feel up to it, send a message. Reach out to us and let us know where in the world you're tuned in from. I'd be happy to shout you out. I'd like to shout you out. And before I go, if you would like to be a part of the show and share your story 
or even the story of someone in your life that has impacted you in a positive way, you can always reach out to me via email. I'd be happy to connect. Until next time, and very soon, peace.